Today, on Commitment to Truth. What makes Sarah so much like you? She experienced abandonment. She took control and laughing at God. But nevertheless, believe it or not, she still is a hero. You want to be a daughter of Sarah? God has to be your husband. He has to be your children. He has to be your sister, your brother, your mama, your daddy, and everything. Because he's the only one who is faithful still. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This week, we'll be starting a sermon series called Heroes. We'll learn from the biblical heroes of the past found in Hebrews 11 and by faith to encourage you to become today's heroes of the faith. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. So we are continuing in a sermon series we've entitled For You Heroes. And uh, some of us have already, Pastor Ken, Pastor Jose, Pastor Mike, have already drilled down to some wonderful uh, male heroes of the faith. So I have the privilege of introducing the first female hero of the faith on Mother's Day. So you ready for it, ladies? All right, and guys, again, don't check out. Please don't check out because it's very easy to say, well, that's for the moms, that's for the women. No, you can always learn and embrace some theological and biblical truth that it cross-pollinates. It doesn't, it's not just for male or female. It's not just for the young or the old. It's for everyone. But today, I want to speak specifically to the moms, of course. Now, as Webster Dictionary has defined the word hero as this. It's a person who is admired for great or brave acts or fine qualities. So think about that. Great or brave acts, also fine qualities. But what makes a person a hero, it says. Uh, a hero is selfless, someone who gets the undivided attention of all of us and causes change. Gets the undivided attention of all of us and causes change. It also reads, someone willing to risk their own life to save another. One who's willing to risk their lives to save another. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 33 through 40, describes heroes in this way. Uh, they shut the mouths of lions, quench the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armaments to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accept, accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. Verse 36, it says, And others experienced mocking and flogging and further chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two. They were cut in half. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destituted, afflicted, tormented. Verse 38, people of whom the world was not worthy. Do you hear that? People whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and on mountains and sheltering in caves and holes in the ground. And listen to what verse 39 and 40 says. It says, And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had provided something better for us, 
so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. So at the end of the day, they went through all of this, ladies, even before the finished work of Jesus Christ became evident. Right? So, so they had just this tenacious faith, this uh, indescribable faith uh, in God himself to sustain them no matter what they were going through, no matter, listen, what their families were going through. Because remember, it says they received back their dead. So apparently, husbands maybe. Children, maybe, moms, maybe, whomever died and somehow God supernaturally resurrected them, but they had to live with the grief by faith. Uh, and truth be told, sometimes we got to let family members die, right, ladies? It's difficult to see them die so eventually they can do what? Live. So still today, you're still watching the death and the dying of those around you, believing that what? They'll be resurrected one day along with you. Make sense? So mothers, you should be encouraged by this. You should be uh, receiving endurance from the lives of those heroes that I just briefly described. But mothers, on this day, we're going to examine the life of the first mother of the faith, if you would. Her name is Sarah. If you could open with me to Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to first read verses 8 through 12 to kind of first uh, pin Sarah in these uh, verses in Hebrews 11, which has been coined the hall of faith. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he left not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as a stranger in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah, you could say, accompanied her husband. Think about that. Leaving everything he knew, she as well, leaving everything she knew to accompany her husband. Okay, I'm adding this, of course, all right? To accompany her husband, right, by faith. Even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him, him, not her husband, capital H, him, faithful, who had what? Promised. Therefore, even from one man, and one was as good as dead at that, there were born descendants who were just as the stars of heaven in number and as the innumerable grains of sand along the seashore. So who was this Sarah? More in detail. First of all, she was whose? Abraham's wife, right? Abraham's wife. But she also had this name change. And understanding the scriptures... Over and over again, whenever you see someone's name changed, they had an encounter with God, right? They had some supernatural encounter with God, therefore he renames you, right? Similar to you, you have an encounter with God, your name is changed, believe it or not. In other words, Cedric is now redefined as a Cedric who now what? Follows God, right? There'll be people who knew Cedric prior to Christ that they would define Cedric in a different way, if you know what I mean. It's kind of like when I saw some of my college friends I hadn't seen in like 35 years or so, and they all knew I was a preacher. 
And one of them came to me, you know, you know, the puppy dog look, you know what that means? It's like you. And they said, you, he said, sad, they call me sad. Said, you a preacher? You a preacher? He just kept saying, you a preacher? I'm like, dang, is this something like I missed? But truth be told, as we sat down for lunch, he started unveiling some previous characteristics of how Cedric, before he had an encounter with Jesus, used to act, treat others, so on and so forth. She had a name change. Genesis chapter 17, verse 5 says this. Verse 17, verse 15 says this. Then God said to Abraham, as for your wife, Sarai, you should not call her by the name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. So he's telling her husband, you know what? You can't even call your wife the name that you used to call her when you even first met her, fell in love with her, identified her to be yours. Well, it's because now she belongs to me, right? So, Abra- uh, so her name was changed, Sarah, to Sarah. Uh, are, so these are different forms of the same Hebrew word that basically means this. Princess slash woman of strength. So it is said this, that it is likely that Sarah is simply the possessive form of Sarah. In other words, my Sarah our Sarah, therefore, signifies that her strength does not belong exclusive to, exclusively to her and her family. She's just not the princess now of her family, right? She's just not this woman of strength being identified with her husband, her children. But it goes on to mean this. But to the future nations of Israel and even the grafted in Gentiles, you and I, if you're not a Jew, into the body of Christ... Thus, that's why many people then summarize Sarah, meaning uh, mother of many nations, as Abraham, father of many nations, or the mother to the nations, all right? So, so this shift of saying, you were only for your family, your husband, no. Sounds familiar, right? Your, your life was only for you and yours, or it was only all about you and your world. And now once you have this supernatural encounter with God through Jesus, now your life doesn't belong to you anymore. Belongs to the nations. Or you could say, if I send you into Jerusalem, Judea, the almost parts of the world as my representative, as my daughter, you follow me? You are responsible to birth out of you no longer your biological family, but nations. Thank you for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We'll continue with the second part of the message right after this. Hello, my name is Norberto Colon Jr. and I'm a ministry leader for the worship ministry at Commitment Church, a place for all nations. I would like to personally invite you to come to one of our events this month. For the latest events, you can visit commitmentchurch.org events. And if you and your family are looking for a church, we're here on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Thank you again for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We now return for the second half of our message. But what's Sarah's connection to Christ? Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. It says this. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. 
from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, Christ, is 14 generations. Sarah is connected to Christ generationally, biologically, also connected to the Messiah. No Sarah, no Christ. Or you could say it this way, because of Sarah, there's Christ. So, mothers, what makes Sarah so much like you? Would you like to know? What's some of your similarities? Well, I have a few that, three in particular that I've excavated, if you would, in Sarah's life. The first is found in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. If you could turn there, Genesis chapter 12, verses 10 through 15. What makes Sarah so much like you? Are you so much like Sarah? Genesis chapter 12, verses 10 through 5 says this. Now, there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a time. And because, uh, now keep in mind, Abram, his name was changed to what? Abraham. So this is before his supernatural encounter as well. So so as I unfold this first area, uh, it should probably also connect the dots to you when it says, okay, well, uh, what if people in my life, before they have an encounter with Christ, treats me this way? Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a time because the famine was severe in the land. It came about when he was approaching Egypt that he said to his wife, Sarai, see now, I know that you are a beautiful woman. So apparently she was gorgeous on the outside, right? And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live because you're pretty. (laughs) Right? He says, please say that you are my sister, Half truth, because you back up time, you know, there was some relational, biological relationship because there weren't many people on earth, you follow me? So they had to populate in some way, which is not the same today for the record. (laughs) This is for the record. (laughs) Okay, what did I leave off? Okay, verse 13. Please say that you are, uh, are my sister so that it may go well for me because of you. And that I may live on account of you. Now, it came about when Abraham entered Egypt that the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her for, to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. He gave his wife away. To save his own life. So here's the first. She experienced abandonment. Sound familiar? Daddy wasn't there. First boyfriend left me, abandoned me. Second one, third one. Um, First husband, second husband, third husband, whatever. Or you could be married today and still feel abandoned. 
because he's not protecting you, if you would. He's not providing for you. He's not caring for your children because, right, that, the children are so much a part of you, right? Abandon it. Please say that you're my sister. Hold up. I try, if I tried to get away with that with Lisa. <laughs> Listen, when we first got engaged, I slipped up one day and said, oh, this is my girlfriend. She looked at me like, hold up. I'm more than girlfriend now. And some of you know, some of you guys know, you have to like, we have to sometimes catch up a little bit. So, so she then went from my fiance to my wife. And then one day I was like, well, this is, Le- this is Lisa. Uh, uh, my, my, well, you know how the conversation ended up in a car, right? It was like, hold up. No, no, I, I'm no longer fiance, girlfriend. I'm now your wife. And it should easily roll off your tongue. Not like, like, oh, I got to think harder. I can't even imagine if I say, oh, yeah, well, here's my wife to save my life. But that's the truth. That's, but if you drill down, that is how ladies feel when a man doesn't step up in any area. It's like, are you going to care for me? Abandonment. Secondly, you find in chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. Chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. It says, now Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife, had not born him. A child, but she had an Egyptian slave woman whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, Sarah said to Abraham, see, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please have relations with my slave woman, perhaps. (laughs) I would obtain children through her. I don't know what came over her. (laughs) But it did. And Abram listened to the voice of his (laughs) wife. But... But listen how it pieces together. So she said, do it. He listened to what she said. Other occasions, if she, he doesn't listen to what she says, there'll be a problem. Listen to how it unfolds. And so after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Abraham, Abram's wife, Sarai, uh, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her slave woman, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as his wife. Then he had relations with Hagar, or Hagar, and she conceived. And when Hagar became aware that she had conceived, her mistress was insignificant in her sight. So Sarai said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be upon you. Hold up. You know what told me now? You see how it shifts? And then it says... I put my slave woman into your hands, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was insignificant in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. Here's a second similarity. She took control. Just took control of the issue. It's like, you know what? I'm not having a baby in my timeline. I'm going to make this thing happen. And I'm going to blame everybody else around me because I had to take control of it. So it's your fault, Abram, that I'm not conceiving. 
and, 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 I, and I'm going to just take matters in my own hands. I put my slave woman in your arms. I was insignificant in her sight. So she took control of the issue. Third and final point, what makes Sarah so much like you? If you let now chapter 18, verses 9 through 5. Then they said to him, where's your wife, Sarah? And he said, there, is, there in the tent, he said, I will certainly turn, return to you at this time next year. And behold, your wife, Sarah, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abram and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, am I to have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? But the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I actually give birth to a child when I'm so old? Listen to what verse 14 says. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? What makes you so much like Sarah? Abandonment. Taking matters into your own hands. And laughing at God. Ah, uh, he really can't. Well, you know, I, I don't know. Oh, I'm too far along. It's too big now. It's too impossible now. It's too much out of my hands now. I can't do anything about this now, Lord. Ah, oh, it can never be done. It can never happen. It can never happen. Yes, Sarah was abandoning. Yes, she was controlling, Right? And yes, she even laughed at God. But nevertheless, believe it or not, she still is a hero. Weird enough. Even though she had abandonment issues, even though she took matters in her own hands, and even though she laughs at God's ability to do the impossible, and again, you may say, well, I don't laugh at God. Well, maybe you don't chuckle on the inside, but behavior shows that you laugh at God. He still says, but you're still listed in the hall of faith. You are a hero in his sight. Why? I believe we could find it in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. If you could turn there. And I want to pose the question, ladies. Is then, even though you know you may have these issues and turmoils in your heart, and many others, I'm sure, how can you start living like a hero yourself, in your family, in your context, in your life, period? What I want you to do, just for the sake of time, I want you to go back uh, later today and read chapter 2, verses 21 through 25, is because it describes the character of Christ and it simply says, in this same way, I want you to act like Jesus. Okay? In this same way, I want you to begin to act like Jesus and trust the one, okay, who is the shepherd and the guardian of your soul. 
For you are continually straying like sheep, verse 25 in chapter 2 says. But now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Verse 3, chapter 3, verse 1. In the same way, go back and read it later on today. In the same way, you wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, give your way to the Egyptians. They may be won over without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your pure and respectful behavior. Your dormant must not be merely are the only thing you do with the external braiding of your hair and wearing gold jewelry and putting on apparel, verse 4. But it should be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God, period. Don't worry about your husband. Don't worry about your kids. Deal with you. Verse 5, it says, For in this same way the holy women are former times who hoped in God before Christ came. Also used to adorn themselves, being subject to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham calling him Lord, even though you abandoned me and gave me away because of my beauty. And you have proved to be her children, her lineage, the mother of many nations. You are proving to be her children. How? If you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. There's two ways you can live like a hero. The first is this. They're both found in verse 6. Heroes do what is right all the time. Just do the right thing. The word right means this. Do something which profits others. Do good to others. Just do what's right. No matter what others do, you do the right thing. Period. Secondly, you find in verse 6 as well, heroes are not frightened by any fear. Right? If, if it looks a little shaky, like if it looks a little bit uncertain, if he becomes a little inconsistent, if the children start growing up and acting crazy, right, then you put them on lockdown. Right? House is a little discombobulated. You're going to control that thing. No, you don't do that, right? It's in your nature. It's okay. God says this about you, not me. Heroes do what's right. Heroes are not frightened by any fear. The word frightened means this, to flee. You just don't up and leave. You just don't give in, if you would. It, it, frightened also means to do something for fear of harm. You ever been there, moms, ladies? Because of fear of harm, I'm going to do this. He, he, 
acting stupid over here. I'm going to take it on matters on hands. Fear of harm, right? <laughs> let the teacher say something about your child. Let, let the principal, let, right? You'd be like, no, right? Let someone say about you. If you have a good husband and you love your husband, matter of fact, you probably don't even like him. But if someone tries to harm your husband, well, no, you, you can't say that about my husband. I can. <laughs> right? And you're going to take matters into your own head. You could be mad at him and screaming from your lungs the night before. But the day that you hear someone on the job picking on your husband, it's because, no, no, it's, it's, I can't be frightened that something's going to happen to the people I love. It's not how Sarah's daughters act. Where fear means terror or trepidation. In other words, something should not cause you to be terrified or have trepidation that now you're slow on the draw. Let me summarize it this way. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, here's the amplified version. Summarizes doing what's right, not being frightened by any fear. You, many of you know this, but here's the amplified version. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. His way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and everything that concerns you will be taken care of. Let me end with Fox's Book of Martyrs. If you've never read that, I encourage you to get it. Easy, but yet tough read. Shows the historical martyrs, people who've died because of their faith. Let me read an excerpt from it. When sentence was read condemning Mrs. Prest to the flames, she lifted up her voice and praised God, adding, This day have I found that which I long sought. When they tempted her to recant, that will I not, she said. God forbid that I should lose the eternal life for this carnal and short life. I will never turn from my heavenly husband to my earthly husband. I will never turn from my heavenly husband to my earthly husband. From the fellowship of angels to mortal children. From the fellowship of angels to mortal children. And if my husband and my children be faithful, then am I theirs. God is my father. God is my mother. God is my sister, my brother, my kinsman. God is my friend, most faithful. You want to be a daughter of Sarah? God has to be your husband. He has to be your children. He has to be your sister, your brother, your mama, your daddy, and everything. Because he's the only one who is faithful still. Some others be brave. Always do what's right. 
be brave and never ever be frightened by any fear. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the finished work of Jesus. Because God, you have gifted us, all of us, Lord, with mothers. Some of us, we know them dearly. Some of us have lost moms and they're not here to embrace and love on. But at the end of the day, God, you are all that we need. And I pray that this will be so in the lives of my sisters, Lord, that they will realize at the end of the day to be daughters of Sarah is to be a daughter of the living God, is to be a wife of the living God, is to be a friend of the living God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that this will be their lives in the magnificent name of Jesus. So comfort them and, and refresh them through the power of your Holy Spirit this day of remembrance of moms. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening to our series, From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.